When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Jan Vertonghen with a thumping forward. And he wakes right at the last. Lamella! Scaring by Alderweireld. And he shaved it. Hugo Lloris. Vertonghen captain delivers when his team really needed it. Eriksen dipping brilliant. That is absolutely stunning from Christian Eriksen. Gabriele to finish Arsenal off. No song. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you for always downloading the show on a weekly basis. We're back for our second show of the week. And we're looking forward to hopefully another Spurs win to end the season. It feels like it's been the longest season in living memory of supporting Tottenham. We're still going on. We're still here fighting away on the back of what's been quite a hot streak for the club. So delighted to have with me a top-class panel to look ahead to Crystal Palace. We're discussing Eric Dyer's new contract, links to transfers. Of course, listen, we love transfers. We all love transfers. Hopefully, some signings come in Spurs' way. Potentially, Jan Vertonghen featuring in, in his last game for the football club. And also Jaffet Tanganga. Are we about to sign him down to a new deal? All that to come on this show. So delighted to have back alongside me, Mr. Lee McQueen is in the house. Lee, how are you? Yo, yo, yo. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I hope everyone's safe and well, all the listeners. And I must say, to start this show off, I must give a big, big shout out to Izzy, uh, one of my best mate's uh, daughters. She's an avid listener and I know that she goes to sleep with the dulcet tones of us lot regularly from uh, from listening to the last word on Spurs. So, uh, Izzy, if you're listening tonight, 
Sweet dreams. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I hope we're not yeah, putting too many people uh... to sleep, though. I hope that's not a great... <laughs> no, 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 no. For sure, for sure. But it's, it's a, like, like a, a calm thing. story for her, do you know what I mean? Definitely. Listen, some find it therapy, some find it a good sleeping dose, others, who knows? Listen, thank you so much for everyone that downloads us. And again, Izzy, sweet dreams from all of us here on The Last Word on Spurs. Delighted to have alongside Mr. Lee McQueen. We've got Jamie back from the Daily Hotspur. Yes, very good. Thank you, Ricky. I'm hopeful the listeners are doing well. And yeah, it's going to be an interesting one today. Obviously, our last preview um, of the season. I think in some respects, I think we're all quite glad this season's finally <laughs> finishing. But I mean, given our form, I mean, you could argue that maybe that's not the case anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Look forward to doing it. Yeah, and like I said at the intro, Jay, it's been like the most weirdest season. It feels like it's gone on and on and on. And we've got it all to come on Amazon. Amazon awaits us where we'll even be seeing more detail behind the scenes as what happened in Spurs this season. And finally, last but certainly not least, we're delighted to welcome back on the show. We've got Dan on from Lily White Rose. Dan, how are you? Hi, Ricky. Very good. Uh, very pleased to be on. Hope everyone's okay. and have been enjoying our wins from home, even though I can tell that some haven't quite enjoyed the style. I'm also very happy, even though it wasn't mentioned earlier, to be on the confirmation of North London Superior League side edition of the show. I love that. I love that. I mean, I deliberately didn't want to go in the nice, and say nice. about, you know, Spurs finishing above Arsenal because I know what's coming. You know, we're better than that. We're bigger than that. But we will come on to it during the show. And I just hope we're not going to live to regret it on the back of the FA Cup final to come where we've got to support Chelsea not once, but twice in a matter of days. I mean, you could not make it up being a Spurs fan at the moment. What we're having to do to support our football club. There you go, having to support Chelsea. God, it's tough, tough times being Spurs. But we'll start off with some contract news as we start the show. And Lee, I'll come round to you. Eric Dyer was in the last year of his contract, so held all the cards. But he decided to sign a new deal with the club. And he follows the likes of Deli Alley, Harry Kane, Ben Davis, Winks, and now a few others in terms of his contract now being secured until 2024. Give us your thoughts, Lee, on Spurs getting Eric Dyer to sign a new deal and your thoughts? It's a bit mixed. I mean, you know, when you when you read the likes of Twitter and even a WhatsApp group, Rick, to be fair, you know, you can see there's a mixed uh, uh, messages with, with Eric Dyer. I mean, I think that Eric has uh, has proved himself over the years to be a very versatile player. Um, I think he's uh, he's narrowed his um, colours to the mask in terms of where he wants to play this year and, and for the remainder of his contract in terms of being a centre-back. Um, you know, he's had spits and starts. You know, he's had a mega, mega... Uh, injury and illness um, to get over and, and I think you know with a bit of perspective around things people have got to understand that sometimes it takes a while to get back to, to full fitness I think we've seen glimpses of that um, which is probably why the club have given him a new contract and look uh, you know is he look, is he a, a cool Bailey um, or however you say it you know is he is he a world class defender um, maybe not yet but, but what we've seen with Eric Dyer is he can be a very very good player um, and, you know, in the 2017, 16-17 uh, uh, season, uh, when we come so close, but yet so far, he was absolutely magnificent um, in the middle of the park. So there's no there's no reason why he cannot get that form back. You know, there was people writing Kane off only, what, three, four weeks ago. Um, and now look, and now everyone's saying, you know, how, how good he is again. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that Eric dies in the same bracket as Kane. Don't get me wrong here. But what I'm, at, I'm saying is that he is, is, is a good talent. He's, he's got power and he's got 
pace and he's uh, he's got some really really strong attributes. And look, at the end of the day, Jose loves him, right? So um, I think that that's good. So I think it's a positive for the club. You, you don't want to be seeing. Look, put it this way, right? If Eric died left on a free next year, um, at the end of next year, you'd have had everyone up in arms saying this is a ridiculous decision by the club. How can they let somebody go on a free and he ends up turning going to Man United or wherever he goes to? So I think it's good business from the club. I think um, I think it's it's a big next. 18 months for Eric Dyer. You know, he's really got to get his head down. You know, he was talked very much so about being the potential, uh, let alone Tottenham captain, England captain. So mm, yeah. he's a very, very much like Deli Alley. He's, he's got to get his head down, get playing football, get regular games under his belt. And who knows? Let's hope. You know, like I've said so many times, it's a hope that kills you, but it's a hope that keeps you. And 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 let's hope that he can uh, he can deliver some big performances. So no, I'm pleased. I'm pleased for him, and I'm I'm pleased for uh, for us as a football club. And look, he's is he one of our own? Not necessarily, but he's uh you know he's a young English talent. And and Jose in the past has liked that. He's liked the spines of his team to be that kind of, um, I suppose, that English talent. When you look at, you know, a John Terry and a Frank Lampard, um, you know, that, that the spine of the teams going through going through the Chelsea's of this world. Yep. Uh, and we've got that in abundance with Winks and with Dyer and with, with Deadly Alley and with Harry Kane. So, yeah, I'm pleased for Jay, come around to you. I mean, Dyer, I think he's one of those players that he does seem to split opinion amongst some, more so after the injury in the illness ravaged season last year. But, I mean, a fully fit Eric Dyer can possibly be a big player for what Jose Mourinho wants to do at Tottenham. Mm. And the question I'll ask you, Jay, really is that, is Eric Dyer good enough for where maybe some Spurs fans want this team to go? <laughs> so when you think about Spurs challenging for the top four, one day mm. getting back to really trying to compete for a Premier League, is Eric Dyer good enough for Tottenham? Possibly. Um, I think, you know, as Lee, as Lee said, I think we're all mixed on, on Eric Dyer at the moment. I think he's certainly got to go and prove himself again. Um, in terms of showing that he can go and play as a central defender. I think he made a, quite a good start in terms of uh, this since the restart of the season. So he's made a positive start. Um, but obviously, you know, he's had a lot to come back from, as Lee mentioned, that illness, those injuries he's had to come back from. So that's that's been very difficult for him. Um, but yeah, for me, he's got to go and kind of prove himself again. Um, Davinson Sanchez looking very good. Uh, there's obviously Jaffa Tanganga, who will come back into the mix eventually and all of our old um, has, has really been fantastic since the restart. Another player. Um, I think there's everything in place there for him to kind of go and be successful at Spurs. I think, you know, he's now, it looks as though Jose Mourinho is giving him that wish to go and play as a centre-back. So he's got that opportunity to go and play in a position that he's, you know, most favourable um, of. And of course, you know, as, as another one, as Lee mentioned, is, you know, he's under Jose Mourinho now, a uh, manager who clearly does like him. You know, he started him a lot at the, the beginning of the se- at the beginning of the restart. Um, he's a guy that he tried to sign whilst at Manchester United. So, you know, he's got a manager there that clearly believes in him, that clearly likes him. Um, but look, we need to see a consistent run. I think he was in the side against Sheffield United. And obviously that was a, a very poor defensive display. Um, so, yeah, as I said, he's, he's got to go and prove himself. But I, I do think that he can eventually get back to that level because, you know, as, as we've seen with Harry Kane, um, you know, he's had that injury. People doubted him, um, but he's come back and shown that he's got that quality. So it's about giving him time to kind of um, really have that time in the team to, to try and get back to his best levels. Um, so at the moment, I'd say, you know, the, the jury's definitely still out on Eric Dyer in terms of is he good enough to, to take Spurs where we want to be? 
Come around to you, Dan. I mean, he's looked fairly decent, you'd say, since the restart. I mean, there's an opinion out there that he can thrive as a centre-back, especially with someone fast alongside him. He's vocal too, as we've seen since, obviously, this enforced break and obviously been having that option on Sky or wherever you're watching from to hear the players. Diet is one of those that is so loud on the pitch, a proper leader who seems to understand the game and likes, as Jamie and Lee have referenced there, Jose Mourinho. And... There will be some that are really looking forward to seeing what Eric can do now as a centre-back in the long term. What's your feelings on it for you? Do you think that, you know, Dyer is the future of Tottenham or would you still be a little bit cautious to hence your bets on that? Would you still be looking to maybe see if Spurs could go in the market and, again, look to reinforce that back line? I see him as a squad player, really, which I suppose he wouldn't want to see himself, but that's not to lessen the importance of having squad players. That's really what we need to to push on, really. Um First thing, it, it protects his value, extending a contract. Um, that That's what it's going to do with him. Um, on paper, we all love a player who has a dream debut like he did and scores the winning penalty in the, the World Cup shootout for England. Um, obviously, it's all gone slightly downhill since then. Um, and he did start those four or uh, five games post-lockdown, um, which showed the inevitable trust that Jose was going to pay in him which I think everyone could see, given Jose loves a big player. Um, Dyer's a big player in more ways than one, the Portuguese side of things. Um, and managers love versatility, and that's what Eric provides, uh, even though he's a, he prefers being at centre-back. There's always going to be the options. Hopefully, we'll be in Europe. There'll be lots of games next season. Um, he does split opinion. There are parallels, I think, with when Danny Rose signed his extension. Uh, loads of fans were unhappy about that. And then the next couple of seasons, he's one of the best um, players in the Premier League, if not the world, in his position. It's unfortunate the injuries that he's had, and they were particularly debilitating ones, I think, and unusual ones in the football world. Um, and then, of course, his unfortunate ban. But I think he might well have not got into the team again after that Sheffield United performance. So it's pretty vital that he pushes on next season. But uh, as Jamie said, um, Toby and Sanchez have been pretty formidable, actually, in the recent games. Um, and it'll be hard to hard for him to be first pick again. Uh, Jan's going, so that opens up a space in the squad. Um, but I also think you know, Jaffet is going to sign a contract extension too. So that's where the competition's going to be. But as we saw today on Twitter, he's been recreating memes. He's looking lean and he's going he's back and raring to go. Yep. I mean, like I say, Eric Dyer, I do feel that amongst the Spurs fan base, he's a player that I think very much splits the opinion. The same with Harry Winks at the moment. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Mourinho deploys him next season, whether he is going to be part of his long-term plans in terms of him being a first-team player, or if he's just going to be a squad player. And I think, Lee, a lot of people, again, running into comments about players now and what they say when they sign new contracts. Dyer referenced that Mourinho was a massive, massive factor in his decision to stay at Spurs and create a new chapter, mm. but at the same time, he says, my clear objective and the manager's clear objective is to try and win things here, trophies. Man the manager, his record, his mentality towards winning trophies, that was a huge thing for me. Do you think, again, a lot of you know players now, with Mourinho coming in, there is that sense now that that's what it's all about. It's that next level. Although they want to be developed, although they want to be playing very well as a player, it is about winning trophies. And that seems now to be the obsession around Tottenham. And again, it brings back to the point of why we hired Jose Mourinho. This is all about trophies, isn't it, Lee? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about the journey that the likes of Eric Dyer, and you mentioned Harry Winks, for example, but certainly Eric Dyer and Deli Alley and 
Harry Kane have been on under Potticino and the journey us Spurs fans went on under Potticino. It, it, it was a wonderful journey, amazing journey. Like you know, You've got to think back to 2014-15 when Poch uh, and his staff, Jesus, and the guys took over. Like, you know, we were we were you know a shadow of what we've been um, in, in recent times, and you know it was very very exciting. We was on the up and we was on the journey. So, you know, they've they've. I think our very own Chris Cowan said it on one of the Love Sports shows right at the beginning of the season that changes afoot and and it doesn't feel right. This was after the Champions League final defeat and that and that sort of stuff. And you, you think about that journey and then players have gone through that as well, Rick. You know, it's not just the fans. Then players have gone through that. You know, the likes of Ericsson, the likes of Danny Rose, the likes of Kieran Trippier. You know, they're they're the ones that kind of wanted to move on and get out of the club because of them them situations. The likes of Eric Dyer and. Deli Alley and Harry Kane, they're the ones that have stayed and said, you know, I'm going to put my pen to paper and uh, and, and I, w- I want to reinvent and we want to go again. And now with Jose coming in, I think it's about trophies for Jose. I think it's about trophies for the players. I think it's about trophies for the board, if I'm honest, um, even though lots of people would, would disagree with that. We're seeing the transfer window, won't we? But I think that, you know, it's about trophies definitely for the fans. And, you know, that that's one of the reasons why we've, we, we've got Jose in charge. And that's actually why these players are signing, you know, Toby was not going to sign a contract under Pochettino, right? He, he wasn't going to happen. And yet, t- two of the panel already tonight, y- yourself, Rick, and, and, and Jamie have both said how good Toby's been. I think, Dan, you've alluded to it as well. So, you know, the reality of the situation is Toby wouldn't have been there um, if it weren't for Jose coming in. He'd have been the same situation as Jan Vertonghen. So, he's signed a contract. Uh, we've now got Eric Dyer signing a contract and Jose trusts his players. And, you know, as our very own Jason says, you know, back the manager. And I, and I know Jason don't particularly like this, the manager that we've got, but he still backs him. And you've got to back the manager. If Jose wants Dyer, then we want Dyer because we're going to back the manager. And I, I have to say, I have to put on the record that I do genuinely believe, and, you know, I'm, I'm a nightmare, aren't I? Because I believe in a lot of stuff, right? But I genuinely believe that Eric Dyer will come good. I, I do. I believe in him. And I hope he's listening because I freaking believe in you, Eric Dyer. And I think you could be a, I think you could be an absolute mountain of a centre-back. And I just hope, you know, with Jaffet Tanganga, I think you're going to absolutely be brilliant. With Toby and Sanchez, that, you know... Yeah, they're not the you know the, the you know the fashionable foreign names, for example, that are going to cost us 60, 70, 80 million. But how did how did spending sixty five million work out for us so far? Yeah, on, on one player. No, as, as on. I've, you, uh, you've always have, said as as the I've, recruitment hasn't been good enough. You've always said that. Yep, spot you on. Know, yep. Eric Dyer cost us three and a half million from uh, from Portugal, and you know he scored on his debut against West Ham, playing as a right back, by the way. So that versatility in him. So I, I back him. I think. I think he can be very, very good. There was a time when Eric Dyer was the first name on the team sheet, or maybe the second. Maybe I'm alluding too much there, but <laughs> but I think I think he can get back to that standard, and I hope he can yep. because you know I back the fellow. I think he can be. I think he can do very, very well. Well, he echoes what you say, Liam. I mean, come around to you, Jamie. He says that he wants to become one of the best centre backs in the Premier League. He said one of the reasons that he wanted to stay and to commit his future because he feels like he wants to prove himself in this position in the Premier League, and he feels like Tottenham is the best place for him to do that. And again, I reference back to what Lee says there. I think you're right that if it was Pochettino in charge, I don't think Eric Dyer would commit his future because there was always that, again, that slight uncertainty about under Poch, what was his best position? Was it a central defensive midfielder? Was it a centre-back? Since Munoz come to the club, Dyer has now formed the opinion that, yep, his position is a centre-back. And he obviously feels that under Jose Mourinho... He's going to have the best man in place there to kind of guide him, to nurture him, to teach him. You know, that is going to be his best position. Do you think he's got a chance, Jay, in going on and actually becoming one of the best centre-backs in the league? Or like Dan says, do you think he's going to end up being more of a squad player 
come the start of next season? I think it's all about he's got to go and prove himself. He's got huge competition there. So, you know, I think that's only a good thing because that will obviously encourage all of them um, really raise their levels. There's now four really top centre-backs there at the club. Um, so, yeah, some great competition there. But obviously, you know, you look at the way that Jose Mourinho has already improved us defensively. I mean, a lot of those defenders will be looking at how good we are now in, term, and in terms of the defence and, and how well organised we are. And, you know, they'll be really excited to be playing under a manager like Jose Mourinho who can kind of drill us, uh, have us so well drilled defensively. Um, so that's something, definitely something that will, um, will help Eric Dyer in the long term. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a case of, of seeing, waiting and seeing to if he can improve himself. But I do think as well, you know, that those, the, as we le- mentioned earlier about the illnesses and the, the injuries that he's had, I think that he's still kind of coming off that. So um, that's definitely the, the, the one thing why I'd give him more time to kind of go and prove himself. Um, and then next season, I think that's the, really the time to go and judge him. Yep. Agree. Come around to you, Dan. You know, if, if Yamba Tongan does leave this summer, that will mean the resolution of this knot of contract issues for Spurs ha- they've had in terms of Ericsson, Alderweireld, Dyer, and Tongan rose over the last two to three years. And with Toby as well and Dyer committed to long-term deals, it could have gone a lot worse. When you kind of bring to an end now this kind of contractual disputes that we've had over this last kind of 12 to 18 months... Have Spurs done the best they could have possibly done? You'd argue maybe Ericsson would have been a player you may have wanted to keep, but he wanted to go. How do you view how Spurs have handled the contract side of things in terms of players coming towards the end and how their renewal process has been? Yeah, I think it's clear how it, it's affected us, and especially in the last year or so, not tying down the likes of Ericsson and letting that drag on. And we've seen it at other clubs where players have a lot of power now and they can they can easily run down contract and it and it affects the recruitment it, you can't plan for the future if the players the players going they're on their way out but they're still there earning um and and there's not not much you can do about it i think it was a huge statement when toby signed because that had been rumbling on long enough um and showed the faith that the players had in Mourinho, which by virtue of that should then translate on paper to the fans um you it's ideal when you when you're tying these players down um Dyer, as i said is going to be important for us um it's there are a few more players that that this issue will crop up with i think hugo is going to be one of those in the next couple of years um but yeah it's it's really important that these types of statements are made and and we want to avoid um want to avoid any repeats of ericsson style situations in the future you certainly do. I mean, that's the big thing. Coming around to you, Lee, we have heard some news that Jaffet Tanganga looks like he's about to pen a new contract. There's been a breakthrough, reportedly, from The Athletic in terms of talks for Jaffet, who at the moment is on just 1000 per week in terms of Great British Pounds. I mean, listen, it's still not a bad salary, but in terms of footballers, you'd argue that obviously he's one of the lowest paid footballers, arguably in the Premier League and definitely in the Spurs team. How important is it for you, Lee, to see Jaffet Tanganga get that new contract. It's massive. It's massive for a club. We love one of our own. It's one of the reasons why I want to talk about Harry Winks later when we get to it because I just can't understand the criticism 
you know, Jaffa has come through the, you know, look, Dan and, and Lily White Rose know better than I do, but they've come through the academy, they've come through the system. He's one of our own. I think one of the quotes, this is not exactly what he said, but I think it was after a Liverpool game when he made his debut. And he said, I absolutely adore this club. It's an utter dream come true. I just want to be here forever and play play for Tottenham Hotspur. So there's, there's absolutely no doubt. I don't care what you read in whatever tabloid you want to read. There's no way on this planet Jaffa Tanganga is not signing that contract. You know, they, they could put two grand a week in front of him and he'd probably still sign it but his agents were involved and so on and so forth so that is a done deal it is just some, some bits and bobs and commercials that I need to do he's going to get a bumper pay rise and rightly so um, you know in terms of football um, and he's going to be a stalwart I think a stalwart in Tottenham Hotspur for, for, for the next five, six, seven years or so you know I, I think that you know the, the competition for places I, I honestly I read social media and I see it and I think you know it's so bipolar no offence but you know one minute it's like oh this is ridiculous we've got we've got a rubbish squad and set another next minute it's like why aren't you playing him why aren't you playing that person I can't get in the side and you just think you know this is mad we've got four centre-backs here Davison Sanchez is playing well Toby out of real world is the best defender or one of the best defenders in the league over the last five, six seasons. There's no doubt about that. You know, there is absolutely no doubt when he first come to the, to the football club, he made us have the best defensive record two seasons on the trot. There's no doubt about it. Yes, he might have lost some bits and bobs, like I said the other couple of weeks ago in the pod, but the reality is he's a very, very good defender. Um, you've got um, t- uh, uh, Eric Dyer, who was just talked about. Um, you know, he's got to prove, and I agree with Jamie, and I agree with Dan, there's some, some stuff to prove there, but I back him to being brilliant. Um, and then you've got Jaffet that we're talking about now, that to come in, uh, you know, and to push everybody for places. That's that's a serious situation that we, we've got there, and that, and that can be, that could be, could be very good. Yeah, it might not be. It might fall on its Oh, excuse my French, but you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it could Tottenham. be very good. So, I'll be, I'll be absolutely delighted for for Jaffa Tanganga. When when you look at you look at our defensive record, right? And we've had six clean sheets in the Premier League this season, right? Six. That is utterly ridiculous. Actually, I think it might be seven now after Leicester game. So let me just change my stats. My little blue book. Seven clean sheets. Six of them have come under Jose. Six. So, so in other words, the, the man that we loved, and I was the man that loved Poch as, as much as anyone else, he gave us one clean sheet during that season before, before, he, was, uh, before he was let go. Jose's come and he's had to shore things up at the back. I think when you come into a, to a new job, when you come into you know, a, a new management position in football, when you come into a new directorship or whatever it might be in a business, you've, you've kind of got two choices. You either shore things up at the back and, you know, and, and be compact and get the team mentally starting to think about what they need to do. In other words, you know, in business, you might shore up the finances. Don't spend any money and make sure that you're really tight and defend on that side and make sure that you're not giving any way un- undue costs or any undue goals. Or you've got the other way, which is go sell. Sell your nuts off and get as much revenue as you can because you're still leaking a load of goals at the back. Do you understand the analogy I'm trying to say, right? So, and, and I think yeah. Jose's and, and I think Jose's come in, and we all know it. We we all know what his situation is. When Claudio Ranieri finished with Chelsea in second place in the semi-final Champions League, they conceded 36 goals in that season. Jose took over in the close after he was weirdly sacked at Ranieri. Jose come in. He got 15, they, they let him 15 goals that season. He had a full pre-season with Chelsea, let him 15 goals. Guess what? They were champions. Now, I'm sorry that this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to build the mentality of the squad of the team. Six clean sheets that have come under Jose Mourinho. And, and it's not going to be like that forever. Is he going to play swashbuckling, expansive football like Pep Guardiola in Liverpool? No, he ain't. He is never going to do that. But let me tell you, and I said this a few weeks ago on the pod, 
on average, Jose Mourinho's sides have scored 80 goals a season. 80 goals a season is the top three amount of goals in the last nine Premier League seasons. So, so it will get better fans. I, you know, I, I say I promise, but I know I can't say that. But I'm telling <laughs> you, based us, on stats, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't. But based on stats, you know, the attacking side of things will get better. Think about the attacking players that we've got in the in, in the side. I mean, the Leicester City game. You know, I listened to obviously the pod that you boys did, did a couple of days ago. Thought it was an excellent pod. But you know, we scored with the three goals, uh, three shots that we had on target. Some people think that's ridiculous. Some people think it's outstanding. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, we were clinical in our counter attacks, and you know, we've got some fantastic attacking play. And I think the biggest issue that Jose Mourinho had, the biggest issue that Tottenham Hotspur had, and the fans had, is that we were leaving goals left right and center and as we sit here now as we talk right now we had one away win before Jose coming we had one away win all season pre going into the previous season since Moussa Dembele left yeah. which was what in January one away win yeah. you know we are we are four points of of getting a top four place after the shocking season that we've had we're only four and I say look we messed it up boys and, and listeners, right? There's no doubt about it. We ain't getting in the top four, but we're only four points. We had three goalkeepers play for us this year. We're the only club in the Premier League to have three goalkeepers play for us. We've had two managers this year, two managers, one after the other, and we're, and, and, and we're still in the hunt for, for, for things. We've had COVID-19 that everyone's had to deal with as well, and we've been an absolute defensive shambles. Who's not going to agree with me that we've been defensive shambles? Guess what? We've got the best defence in outside of the top six, so so we're in the top six of best defensive records in the Premier League today, and and when you put all of that together, it puts it into perspective. Some of this emotional up and down after different games, and we're shocking. Look, was I, was I shocked against Bournemouth? I was absolutely rancid against Bournemouth. Didn't have a shot on target. It's ridiculous. Was I absolutely distraught against Sheffield United? Absolutely was. But if we beat Palace on Sunday, we've taken 20 points from a possible 27, which will be the highest out of any of the top eight since the restart. Yeah. And you can't argue with that. No, you right? can't. And if you, if, you, if, you, if you put that in to next season and that type of form, look, the football ain't the prettiest, I get it. But if you put that into next season to that form, we will not only be in the top four, pretty much guaranteed, I think we could challenge. And that sounds ridiculous. And people just laughing at you. Go, ah, you can't challenge. But you're up there. Jose Mourinho got a very, very average Man United side to finish second only to the powers of Man City. And I, I think we can be up there. Definitely top four. No, no doubt about it. Just to finish off on the contracts, like around you, Jay. I mean, I think the only setback you probably get say at the moment that we're uncertain in terms of his future. Although, obviously, we know Vertonghen mm. at the moment. That's up and down. One fourth. Haven't really seen any of him since the restart. Not too sure what's going on there. Um What's your feelings on it? If one fourth does leave the club and the Tongan does go as well, do, is there a need for Spurs to go and recruit another centre back, or do you feel with now mm-hmm. Eric, now with Dyer renewing his contract, Tanganga probably going to now get a new contract as well? Spurs have got enough there for you. Are you content going into next season with just those centre back options we've got? I definitely think that Spurs will try to get one more. I think that Kim Min Jae from from Beijing in the in the in the in the, in the um, the Chinese league, I think that's certainly one that looks like Spurs are trying to do. Um, it certainly looks anyway that they are trying to sign one more. So I think that Spurs will go for one more centre, central defender. But as as we've established, you know, there are four really top centre-backs there now. So there's there's some great competition. Um, and look, I'm really excited about Jeffrey Tanganga. I'm, I'm delighted to hear the news that, that, it's, that it's seemingly getting sorted now. So that's brilliant that 
that's going to get sorted. Um, and of course, you know, as we've established, one of our own, he's a young guy. Um, he's got fantastic attributes for a central defender. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to, to see more of him. And again, you know, it was really disappointing that he obviously got that injury and we haven't been able to see him really since the restart. But again, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to come into the squad next year. He's had that experience now of playing in the Premier League. And, um, you know, that's going to certainly be, you know, he's going to be a really valuable member for next season. So, yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's certainly four top centre-backs there now. I think the club will go for one more. But, yeah, it's certainly in terms of central defenders, it's, it's looking like a lot more... Um, a, a lot stronger position now that Spurs are in there. Yeah, and I think like you say, we, if we can get that additional centre-back, if it looks like to be Kim Min-jae from Beijing, I think that will be, a, you know, a, a, again, we don't know too much about this guy, but I mean, hopefully South Korean, you look at Hun Min Son, if he's any like the impact Sonny's had in our league, then God, hopefully we're on to a real winner. He's nicknamed the Monster. Um, if you've seen some of the YouTube videos, again, it's difficult because, again, you're going to have to give the player time to adapt to a new league, you know, a different culture. You know, as we knew with Hummin Son's first season, Sonny didn't have the greatest first season. It was the second season which Son really performed for Tottenham. So I think with any player coming in, you have to afford them kind of 12 months. I know with Ndombele, he's completely split in opinion. But I do think with any new player coming in, you have to give them the time, especially a centre-back coming into this league. The physical, fast-paced this division, it's not like any other league in the world. So I think it's a case of giving players time, whoever we sign. And come around to you, Dad, just to finish off in terms of the contracts now. I think this was um, posted out from John from your account. When you look at Spurs now, in terms of contract expiry dates, 2020. Obviously, Vertonghen is the only player on that. 2021, obviously, Tanganga looks like he's going to renew. So, hopefully, that will be, obviously, pushed further back. But Danny Rose's contract, obviously, of course, is 2021. 2020-22, we've got Lloris, Gazaniga, Aurea, Foyf, Lamella, Austin, Whiteman. 2023, we've got Alderweireld, Son, Sissoko, KWP, Clark, Parrott-White, 2024, we've got Kane, Delhi, Winks, Sanchez, Mora, Davis, Skip, Dyer. Then 2025, we've got Undumbele, Lo Celso, Young and Bergvine. So the club, to be fair to them, Dan, everyone's on pretty much kind of two, three-year long-term deals. We haven't got really that many players cropping up where we have to think about renewing their contract really in the next year or two. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you want. You want to be in charge. You want to be in control of the playing staff. Um, and the best way to build a side, which is hopefully what we're going to do, is build on a settled side, players you trust, with the odd player that can strengthen in the positions that we're weak in. You don't want to overhaul the sides like we've done in the past. I remember when I think Santini was the manager, we bought eight players, and there were more than eight players, and there were eight debutants in the first game. You can see how long it's taken our signings from last summer to, to bed in. You want settled players. You want players that see their futures at the club and then be in control of the recruitment in the future. Just the other side coin with Eric Dyer, for example, where we started on that section is that actually if we didn't offer him a new contract and we sold him, how much would we have got for him? For, for example, 25 million, 30 million? Is oh, that, is that I don't know. Oh, I don't know. So, so, Eric so, Dyer? Yeah, we'll say, we'll say, say 25 million, right? Just just for example. Then then you could argue the other the counter argument that is right, send for 25 million, then we invest that into a, into a centre-back. And instead of spending 15 million on the monster, spend 40, 45 million on on the money you would have spent on the monster plus Eric Dyer. And uh, you know, so there's the, there is a counter argument to that, which some of the listeners will will be will be thinking. So yep. I just thought it, it's interesting to see that side of things. But Definitely. You know, yep. it's it's about it's about where we're going to push on to. Like on the reset button, 
we've had to go for the painful rebuild that Poch talked about all them all them months ago. And, and and actually, is it realistic to go right next season with challenging for the title? No, it's not. So you know, although it is in my head clearly, right? I've already said that. But in in most normal people's minds, it's not realistic. But, in Lee McQueen's so, so world, got, everything's possible. Hundred percent. Of course, everything's possible. Absolutely. But 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 I suppose the point I'm making is that we need, now need to build back up to that that title challenging type situation. And and is Eric Dyer really going to challenge the title like like maybe you mentioned before? Maybe not. Maybe not. But but I back him to get back to that. So so he so he proves us wrong. So he can do that. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Again, I think you're right bringing that into play, Lee, because again, some fans will maybe be frustrated that we haven't, you know, maybe sold Eric Dyer and used those funds to go and buy maybe someone like an established centre-back, like a Koulibaly, or, you know, like someone, again, that's of the very highest quality out there at the moment that Spurs can get. But I do think we have to bear in mind that with COVID and the impact from the financial side of the business, Spurs will not be able to go out and just go and spend 60, 70 million on players. You can see now, even with Holberg, we are haggling with the Southampton board, probably over two, three million. But to Spurs, as we know, with Daniel Levy, that's always going to be Tottenham. Whether it's COVID or not, unfortunately, the finances, Spurs are always going to be a club that look to always try and buy for the a thing, minimum and sell for a the, maximum. The thing is, Rick, for sure. And the thing, the thing is, Rick, we all know that, right? That's why the board get criticised. And, and, you know, probably rightly so, to be fair. But but if you're, if you're going into a negotiation with Daniel Levy, say, so it's one of us uh, guys on the pod now, or one of the listeners, you're going into a negotiation. Before you've even started, your your back has been put up because you know what he's like in terms of negotiating. So, so all of a sudden, you're going to be like, no, I'm going to hold firm. Like before you've even started negotiating with a club, do, do you understand what I'm saying? It's because of the the status and because of the the reputation of him being an amazing negotiator, you're automatically putting an extra five or ten million on the price, and and Stop. that's what he, he's he's fighting with that yep. as well now. With you know, every so, deal, so that with extra, every deal, with every deal he's yep. fighting with that in and because out, of his in reputation. and out, as well. in and out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we're going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we discuss finishing above Arsenal, the Europa League battle, more in terms of Tottenham in terms of the transfer market. As I mentioned there and referenced, Spurs being strongly linked with a move for Pierre-Emir Holberg and where we are in terms of negotiations for him. And of course, Spurs' final game of the season against Crystal Palace this coming Sunday. It feels so bizarre to say final game of the season. Do not go anywhere. We are back after this very, very short break. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you, as always, for downloading us every single week. I have to say we can't thank you enough for the support we've had before COVID, after COVID, during COVID. It's been incredible just seeing The Last Word on Spurs grow week upon week. And again, to all the new subscribers that have been tweeting us and telling us that you've just found us, thank you so much for listening, taking the time out to find us. It's been Quite a journey what we've gone through over the last two, three years. Got a wonderful, wonderful panel here mixed in with some wonderful guests that we've got. A bumper panel coming this coming Monday that we're going to let you wait because it's going to be absolutely incredible. But so many great shows we're going to bring you over the summer. So much to look forward to here on The Last Word on Spurs. So just want to say again, massive, massive thank you for your incredible support. Jamie, we had some, I say, news this week. We saw Arsenal lose against Aston Villa, which meant Spurs for a fourth consecutive season finish above Arsenal. Does it mean much to you now, Jay? I mean, I, I say that because obviously Arsenal are in this cup final 
um, that we won't mention too much about, and it could all go horribly mm. wrong in terms of obviously gloating over them. But does it mean much to you now, J4 seasons, or do you think as Spurs fans now, we're yeah. bigger and better than this and our ambitions with Jose Mourinho in charge? It's more than just finishing above Arsenal, yeah. isn't it? We want to win trophies. But one thing that does frustrate me about all football fans really is kind of this thing that you can't take the you can't take the piss out of your rival supporters when you get one over them. You know, either you're obsessed with them or it's a small club mentality. But you know, that's that's part of football. You know, one thing, you know, I don't just support Spurs, I also absolutely hate Arsenal. You know, those are two things um, spot on. that are massive, spot on. You know, massive Love it. for us. Um, Love it. so you know, I, for me, it doesn't actually mean anything. You know, it is it is brilliant that we finish above them. And look, you know, I, the la- when I was born, um, up until the last time, the first time that we finished above Arsenal, you know, I I'd, I'd never seen I'd never seen us do it. You know, I'd always gone to to school and stuff and got you know my Arsenal mates and my Chelsea mates laughing at me for having that thing of Arsenal always finishing above us. So obviously that was a, it was a nice thing. Um, but look, you know, we're not going to make a thing over it like they do in terms of that stupid day that they have. You know, we're obviously not about that. But look, you can always have a laugh about it. It's always nice to get one of your rivals. And it is, you know, it is frustrating when, you, you know, people obviously don't want you to go overboard with it. But yeah, look, at the end of the day, I'd always have a you know, laugh about it. But yeah, um, that's one thing that does frustrate me. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously fantastic that we are the top team in North London once again. Dan, one of the things that I find a lot of Arsenal fans have kind of ran down my front in the last week or so, that when Arsenal finished above us for the 22 years in a row, they did win three Premier Leagues. You know, they, they won the FA Cup four times. And obviously, we've finished above them for four years and haven't won anything. Is that just frustration for you, Dan? Or do you think in a way that, listen, Spurs now, we're on to bigger and better things, where, again, finishing above Arsenal, it's not any more, you know, an objective. It's more just like, you know, that is the minimum requirement we expect now because Arsenal are just not a very good team anymore. Yeah, I mean, it it should be a minimum requirement. That's what we should aspire to. But I'd even argue that's even more reason to try and enjoy it. I'm quite big on this. I mean, Arsenal have always won lots of things. So you might as well enjoy finishing above them if that's all we've got. You don't necessarily have to shout from the rooftops about it. But they're the ones that created a name for it. So when it happens, enjoy it. I think the last time Arsenal finished outside the top six was 25 years ago. Uh, and I was five. I started going to football when I was six. So they've they've been the dominant team for, for a lot of my life and footballing life. And I grew up in North London. So it does tend to mean a lot, on, along with being raised to hate them by my dad, who uh, <laughs> passed got down. got the same thing in common. Don't worry, Dan, I'm with you. <laughs> hatred from the 60s onwards was there in 71 when they won the league. All, yep. all that stuff. But like Jamie said, it's it's a personal thing. Um you can enjoy it without um, going overboard and living to regret it. Yeah. Um, so all that plus, you know, the the years where we were so far below them, then there were, the next stage was the so close yet so far moments when it felt like we were there, we were going to finish above them. And then it took four or five years for it to actually happen. You had the Lasagna Gate, the, the fake news of goals at St James's Park at White Hart Lane that meant that we might finish above them which wasn't true at all relying on Mart- the late Martin Fulop not to spill the ball into his yep. goal God, that, was, del- that was deliberate that performance though wasn't it Dan <laughs> that must have been deliberate he and was paid have- wasn't he yeah exactly <laughs> and and it, you know those things make it feel like it's never going to happen so of course yeah when it does and then we haven't even mentioned the 5-1 at Newcastle which that that seemed like a certainty on on the back of all that yeah. Um, and also, it's it's totally deserved league-wise. Um, 
we took four points off them. Meanwhile, I've been watching them and they've been given gifts from goalkeepers left, right and centre to follow in the footsteps of what we were talking about from Norwich, Southampton. It's the only time you see Van Dyke playing the ball straight to a forward. Um, and they've been getting a lot of praise for their performances. And I, I, if anything, we should have more points than we have and they should have they have less. Um, we'll see where they finish. Um, but yeah, we're not we're not far off third, so we can aim higher. But also enjoy, um, enjoy them finishing below us, and then close our eyes on cup final day and hope they lose and not think about who they're playing and who who would win. Yeah, of course. Well. Yeah, I mean, coming over to you, Lee. It's mad that despite the utter mess of this Premier League season for Spurs, that they still finish above Arsenal for a fourth straight year. And both clubs, really, the carnage in coming in the same season where obviously both of them have changed manager. But Mourinho, he did just get more points on the board. And let's be honest about it, we're still way below where I reckon both clubs want to be. How do you view it, Lee, for you in terms of finishing above Arsenal? Is it, you know, is it mass hysteria? Or is it, again, kind of, listen, we've got, we're on to bigger and better things now as a football club? It's really interesting hearing Jamie and Dan talk about it because, um, you know, Arsenal... You know, we don't like Arsenal. Like, I don't like Arsenal. I, I don't like Chelsea either, to be brutally honest about it. And and actually, I think in, in most recent years, for me, the derby against Chelsea has meant more. I mean, the, the, maybe the North London derby. I mean, I, I, I can't stand the North London derby. Unless I'm there at the actual game, it's awful. I cannot watch it. You know, I just I just constantly feel like Henri's going to do something or yep. Fabregas is going to yep. do something Spot. or, you know, like, you know, Lee Dixon's going to stick one in from 35 <laughs> yards, even though we've had like 50%, you know, whatever. You know, it, it's just always happens. I just feel that all the time. And, you know, unlike you boys, you know, my, my dad's a Wolves fan, actually. So I never I never had kind of that, that whole Arsenal thing ran down my throat t- uh, type situation from from a young age. But, you know, obviously I'm a Spurs fan, so I don't, I don't like Arsenal for, you know, you know, because they're our rivals. On the bigger and better things, I kind of under Potticino, and, and it was him. And I know all the fans, are, when we're he- they're hearing us, all the listeners, they, they're going to resonate with this because it was Potticino that first said this. We are bigger than thinking about where we're finishing above Arsenal. He actually said that. And I remember feeling proud and wanting to put my chest out and say, yes, that we are, because it doesn't mean much. But, like, you know, just hearing uh, Jamie and, and, and Dan talk there is like, it does mean a lot because, you know, for 22 years, they rammed it down our throat. They had St. Tottenham's Day, for God's sake. And we didn't make that up. They made it up. So, so, so actually, to finish above them, we should be able to have a banner with them and we should be able to give it, you know, large to them. And, and it does, and it should mean something because, you know, quite frankly, right, as we sit here now, we're five points above them and that's a lot of points in the league. And, you know, the reality of the situation is the league don't lie and we are better than them by five points. And no matter what happens at the end of the season, even if they win the cup final, which they won't because Chelsea will win it, but even if they win the the, the, the FA Cup final, they've always been that, that, that side that can just, I don't know, like get lucky. Like, you know, they're one nil down when the 88th minute against Norwich, you know, they're going to win. Like you know they're going to do it. Yeah. Like whereas with, with Spurs, we're one nil down or we're one nil up against Norwich. You know we're going to concede. Like it's it's always been that way. So so I agree with the lads and I you know with the listeners as well. Let's enjoy the fact that we played really well. We went one nil down uh, against Arsenal. We beat them. We beat them two one. We haven't. We're unbeaten against them uh, this season. Taking four points off them, and we should we should enjoy it. Five points in front of them. 
screw you, Arsenal. Can't win you Spurs. Yeah, I mean, it's mad, the interesting sequence of events here. As they finished Dinosaur, as some say, Jose Mourinho took Spurs from 14th to the Europa League places, while the modern progressive Mikel Arteta took Arsenal from 11th to 10th. I mean, listen, we know that Spurs, to be fair, when Pochettino left us, it was a bit of a false position because although we were 14th, I think we were only four or five points off the European spots, to be fair. We we were, but you talk about the kind of the possession bit, and you know mm. it's huge. Like, yeah, ta- tactically against Leicester, we were absolutely outstanding. But the, but a lot of people don't appreciate that because he he specifically targeted how to play against Leicester, yeah. and we won three 0 Exactly, and he we, knew they were uncomfortable with the ball. You're, you're right, Lee. Because we, we didn't scrape yeah. a win. We yeah. battered them, yeah. and we could have beaten them six, right? But 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 Mikel Arteta goes out against Aston Villa at sixty-one percent possession, and people are like, oh yeah, you know, oh well, they should have won the game. Why? You didn't even have a shot on target, mate, with 61% possession. They didn't have a shot on target with 61% possession, and yeah. they lost the game. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. And it's kind of like, it is very frustrating with uh, with the comparisons. But look, come back to the Arsenal thing. We're above them. They can't, they can't, they can't finish above us again for four seasons in the trial. Happy days. Yeah. Well, we're going to turn our attentions now to the Europa League battle. Because, again... Europa League does, again, split some fans' opinions. Some feel that we're too good for the competition. Others want Spurs to be in Europe. I mean, me personally, um, Spurs fan of 30 years, I'm of the opinion that, you know, Spurs for me, if we're not in Europe, as the great Bill Nick said, you know, we're nothing. And I, and I really want Spurs to finish in Europe. I do want the Thursday night football. I don't care what the hysterics that brings being in Europa League. You still face very good teams coming towards the end of that competition. And coming around to you, Jay, you know, at the moment, Wolves... They are in the driving seat for sixth and a Europa League spot with one game of the Premier League season remaining. Spurs need to beat Crystal Palace on Sunday and hope that Chelsea get a result at home to Wolves to finish above them. Now, obviously, Chelsea's incentive will be that, obviously, they lost during the week to Liverpool in a high-scoring game we saw. And Chelsea, you feel they'll want to win that to make sure they secure Champions League football. What's your thoughts for you, Jay? Do you want European football next season? Absolutely. I mean, we, we, you know, there's no question about we, we need to be playing European football next season. Um, I mean, in terms of the, the, the money that you can get from that as well. I mean, you know, there was a recent report in The Athletic that, that kind of said that now you can earn around 40 to 60 million pounds from being involved in that competition. And that's a really big thing. You know, and of course, if Arsenal don't make that competition, you know, then that, that's a big swing of money you've got over them. Um, so I think in that respect, that's definitely a massive thing why Spurs have to be in that competition. Secondly, I think it's certainly a competition that Spurs can go and win. I think, as, as Lee said, I think we, we are going to get better, keep getting better under Jose Mourinho. And I certainly think that, you know, we'll be in that competition next year as one of the, the, the favourites to go and win it. Um, it's obviously a very good way to get back into the Champions League spots. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, Chelsea obviously made themselves very competitive in terms of the, the business they're doing. You'll have Liverpool, Man City up there. So that top four is going to be very difficult to achieve next season. So we'll see kind of, you know, will Spurs manage to get it? But they'll have that option of winning the Europa League and getting into the Champions League again. So I think for the Europa League and those two reasons that we can win it, the money you can get from it, I think those are two massive factors. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the weekend, obviously, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I think it's really it was really crucial that Chelsea, you know, weren't able to get anything last night, and they've kind of got a lot to play for on the weekend. Um, but that they have shown, you know, they are a, they are a very good side. So um, obviously we've got to rely on them potentially in two situations. 
uh, beating Wolves and then if not, then beating um, Arsenal in the final. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting um, couple of weeks um, in terms of if we do get into that competition. But I just think it's going to be really, really crucial, especially with all the money you know that Spurs have kind of had stripped away yeah. um, in terms of all the events at the stadium. You know that's all been lost. But if you've got that money that you know is coming in from from European competitions, I know in the past I know they've you know UEFA have seen that competition and and realised you know there isn't really that incentive there. So I think over recent years they've kind of really upped the They've upped the stakes, really, um, in terms of what you can uh, get out of the Europa League. So, you know, from that sort of perspective, you know, if we want to go and have that sort of, maybe that sort of summer that we want in terms of getting transfers, it's definitely a big factor um, getting that Europa League spot. It's funny, Jay, you mentioned about events. I quickly got to squeeze this in. We have had some news from the club today that they're delighted to announce that the intention is to stage a high-profile rugby union exhibition match between Saracens and DHL Stormers at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in 2021. So despite COVID hitting Spurs really, really hard in terms of the financials, we know they had a lot of concerts lined up. They're still looking at obviously getting exhibitions on ahead of next season or, you know, the next campaign. And I think that's really important for the club, especially I think the European football, again, the finances, like you say, that will bring to the club again. Because I think players, playing in Europe still means a lot to players, even if it's Europa League. You know, towards the end of that competition, you look at Mourinho's record, been it twice, won it yeah. twice. He'll yeah. want Spurs to definitely yeah. finish in Europe 100%. Yeah. Just another thing on the Europa League as well. Um, if you look at the way that it gives players opportunities to kind of develop, I know a lot of Arsenal players um, really had that opportunity. Um, they had opportunities to give their younger players uh, Europa League football. And then, of course, the big example was Harry Kane. Um, obviously, he did fantastically well when we were in the Europa League, and it gave him that opportunity to go and develop. And um, that's certainly, you know, whilst we're in this, kind of this stage of, of trying to Huge build back point. up to where we wanted to go. You know, that, having that Europa League football where you can give players that opportunity to go and play. You know, Sessegnon will have that opportunity finally to go and play. Um, there'll be lots of the younger, the younger kids will have that opportunity to go and play and develop. So in terms of that, that'd be, uh, I think that would be a really big factor next season in terms of getting you know, some of those players really ready and up to, that, up to that, kind of that final level that we want them to be at. I think, like Lisa said, you made a great point, Jade. I think we forget so much just how Harry Kane benefited from playing Europa League football because obviously he started in that with Pochettino, then got his breakthrough. And you think, you know, if he didn't have that opportunity to play in the Europa League, would we have then uncovered Kane? Would we have then given him the opportunity to play in the Premier League? Who knows? So I think it's a great point. The likes of Sessignon, Skip maybe will benefit. You know, if one fourth stays, maybe one fourth would play. I mean, Dan, bring, just bringing you in, you know, so after a day of Chelsea fans who are going to have to support Spurs v Leicester. Spurs fans are now going to support Chelsea this weekend. And then we need a favour against them in terms of, obviously, the Arsenal game as well. I mean, it's going to feel weird, Dan, obviously having to cheer Chelsea on twice in the space of a few days. How do you feel about that? Yeah, exactly. And it, and it could get even more complicated if we were then to finish seventh and then rely on all sorts oh, of... Oh, don't. Yeah, I've had... It's very, Not only the cup yeah. final, then you, who, who progresses out United and Wolves in the Europa League. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think hopefully we can just concentrate on battering Palace and we can enjoy that. Then we don't have to look out. Do hopefully not worry too much. And then that they'll just drop points there. But I think Wolves have been great this season. You can't really begrudge them if they do end up finishing sixth. And I'm probably neither would Lee's dad. Um <laughs> But yeah, I we think ask, we ask, ask about sure. that. We will ask Lee sure. about that. Yeah. What his dad's thoughts are. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think it, I, I'd echo 
what Jamie said again. Um, Europa League is going to be very important for us, I think. There's no point getting Jose in, given his pedigree, if we're going to limit what cups we're going to be in. Um, I think it does split fans sometimes. We've never had a big enough campaign, really, in the Europa League to get excited about, um, not since it's been the UEFA Cup anyway. Um, But without the Champions League, we we really aren't in a position to turn our noses up at it. Um, We have to give it a right go. Um, Things like Champions League teams dropping into the competition does, does demean it slightly. But yeah, I just don't think we're not big enough to turn our, our noses at it, and we're too big a club not to have European nights. I totally agree. Uh, I think for, a, for like you say there, Dan as well. I think for yeah, a club that hasn't point. won a trophy in God knows how long, I think how can we as Spurs, you know, turn our noses up at Europa League football? I just find it incredible. I mean, let's get the let's get the um, opinion of Lee's dad. Lee, can you listen on what your dad thinks in terms of um, Wolves? He must he must want Wolves to be in Europe, and you know, fair play to Wolves. They've had a great season, haven't they? As well, you have got to say Wolves have been brilliant this season. Big Malk, Big Malcolm is my dad, Malcolm <laughs> McQueen. Malk. So, yeah, Big Malk. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, um, he's he's loving the fact that we're going head to head with each other in terms of going to, to Europe. He's he's quietly confident, to be fair. I bet he is. Um, he, he, th- he thinks he can get a result. They can get a result at Chelsea. Mm. Uh, I, I'm slightly I'm slightly different to that. I, I don't think that they get a result. I think they, you know, best I think they can go there and get a draw. Um, and uh, Chelsea are going to be bang up for it they need to get at least one more point to guarantee them top four um, if Wolves get a point then you know we, we're going to get finished sixth because it's an absolute no no it's not Dr Tottenham they're not coming back this season again it's an absolute no brainer that we're going to smash Palace because Palace are awful so um, yes yeah, it's, it's interesting I think and, and Rick uh, all of you boys actually make fantastic points about the Europa League I think that I'm absolutely convinced that that during the Leicester title run and also the Chelsea title run, we lost that because we had European commitments. Yeah, no, and they didn't. Yeah, you're spot on. And, yeah, and, yeah. and so, right. so I've always been in the mind of going, right, okay, you know, maybe we need a big reset. I think yeah. Mike, Mike, uh, Michael Bridge said this about this before, about a big reset button or whatever. But And I kind of agree with that. But when you hear, you know, the, the pedigree of Europe, you know, Jose Mourinho, he's, won, he's been in the competition twice, he's won it twice. If you win it, you get Champions League football as well. It's, you know, no one's going to ridicule, no one ridiculed Chelsea for winning the UEFA Europa League last year. No one did. They didn't. We're, we're getting some banter for it because obviously Arsenal fans and whatever else, but it's a trophy. It's a big trophy. It's a nice trophy. You still have to play. And, and like you just alluded to, you know, the, the Champions League teams dropping into it does does make make it a little bit. I don't know. It feels a bit. I don't know. It feels a bit dirty if if I can use that terminology. But but the reality is that they're going to come in, and it just makes it a little bit more difficult. I think there's one extra round in it than the Champions League, and that also makes it a little bit more kind of tiresome. Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. But again, as Spurs fans, we're used to that. Um, we're used to that as Spurs players as well. Uh, Jamie made an amazing point about Harry Kane. We were calling for Harry to start in the Premier League for months against Pochettino. We were raring at him. Yep, and I don't think on. he started in the Premier League until mid-November. Yep, Yet he started on. in the Europa League straight away. Yep. And, you know, remember that. And then all of a sudden, bang, he, he, he hit out. So if we can do that with the likes of Sirkin with the likes of Jaffa Tanganga, for example, we've talked about. I mean, Dan, you know, this is your world, not mine. But you know, the youngsters that are coming through, you know, with, with, some, with some experience head wrapped around that in the Europa League, it's fantastic experience for them, um, and 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 ultimately can 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 make us grow. So, I think we'll have a very good chance. 
I think I think that we haven't had brilliant um, runs in the Europa League. As soon as you get to the quarterfinals, it's anyone's game, isn't it? Like it gets exciting, um, and it's getting to it's getting to that point. I think most Salah done us, didn't he? Uh, a couple of seasons ago, when we got to the quarterfinal, um, when he was playing for is it Basel? Um, from, from memory, I don't know if you boys remember that, but no, I remember I Salah scoring uh, against us. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, was I think that. that he, was am I right in saying that was the one where Adebayo did that stupid penalty run up? Was that the right? Was that the same game? I, f- I think it you're might right. have been yeah, the same game. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think I think yeah. you're right, and we got done in the quarters. But as soon as you get to the quarterfinals, it's anyone's game type thing. It starts getting exciting. So. I think we, I think we need to be in it. I think that, I think that, you know, if we're not in it, then we've only got three trophies to go for next season, rather than four. And and like Dan just alluded to, with Jose's pedigree, we need as many to go for as possible. Um, It does give an opportunity for us to 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 lift silverware. Actually, there's there's a picture going around, uh, certainly on the WhatsApp group, but not not sure if it's on Twitter as well. That uh, Jose Marino is holding up the UEFA Cup in a top number later. And you could actually see that happening, couldn't you? So, uh, you know, yeah. let's let's get in the Europa League and, and let's go win it. Yep. Well, talk about going and winning the Europa League. Obviously, that would hopefully mean that there's going to be funds in place if Spurs do get into Europe. And one of those players that we've been strongly linked to, coming around to Jamie, of course, on the Daily Hotspur, who can fill us in on some transfer activity. Jay's obviously back oh, on it now. Because transfer time. Transfers. The twi- what is the matter with you? The Twitter Come accounts on. are already starting <laughs> to get going. And Jamie's, of course, if you don't follow Jamie, Jamie, of course, over at Daily underscore Hotspur. Jamie's going to keep updated on all the transfer news on Tottenham. Make sure you are following Jamie's account throughout the summer because we're hoping Spurs are going to be busy. And Jamie will be giving you that mm. news first and foremost. And Jay, one of the players <laughs> that we've been linked with, of course, very strongly at the moment, is Southampton midfielder Pierre Emir Holberg. Now, it's apparently his desire mm. to join Spurs that will mean the deal is likely to be agreed with Southampton. But I think for fans that don't know much about him, Jay, again, this is a player that really just likes to do the dirty work, doesn't he? He's a bit of a digger. He's a mm. player that doesn't mind, you know, doing that job where yeah. it's about breaking up play, giving the ball to the likes of Celso to run with it, or giving the balls to the likes of Soko, where you feel at the moment, Jay, you look at that team. I don't think Winks really wants to do that job. I don't really think Sissoko wants to do it. And it's an area, I think, with Spurs at the moment, whilst we thought Undumbele was going to be the man that would be able to come in and take that position, I don't think he fancies it either. So it seems to be a problem area, Jay, that we're we're hoping Holberg could come in and really go and do it for us. Do you think he's got the capability to? He's he's only 24 and um, he seems like a very experienced player. I mean, that's something that I really want Spurs to go and target this summer. Um, he's going and finding players that are kind of at that level and ready. Um, Hoybier, as I said, he's only 24, but he's had a lot of Premier League experience already and he's proven himself in the Premier League. Um, he's obviously had a difficult time recently at Southampton, given that he's had this situation with his future. So for me, I do think that um, it's a guy that's that's at that level, who's proven in the Premier League, who's ready to hit the ground running. You know, with, with Cessy Young and Dombele, Gianni De Celso, all guys that were kind of very slow to get started. Well, you know, you'd hope with Hoybier, given his experience of playing in the Premier League, he'll be very quick to go. Um, there does seem to be a lot of reports, all the reports, if you know, whether you choose to believe them or not. A lot of them seem to have Jose Mourinho down as the guy that's chosen Hoybier to be the player that he wants to come and fill that holding midfield void. So, you know, as much as fans, you know, will discuss, is he the best, is he the right player for Spurs? Is he good enough? Well, if, if Jose Mourinho's choosing him, then that's the, that's the only opinion that we have to care about. Um, and, and it does certainly seem to be the case, you know. Obviously, again, he's, he was a former captain at Southampton. He was only stripped um, because he kind of came out and said, 
made it clear that he wanted to leave in his in his contract situation. So he's a leader, you know, and that's the thing that Spurs need. He's a guy that obviously Jose Mourinho, that mentality of um, being that sort of that leader. I know Jose Mourinho said it in one of his press conferences recently. You know, he wants those, he wants more leaders in that team, and um, Hoybier would certainly um, bring that to the team. Um, he is kind of a versatile midfielder. Um, he is definitely more of a holding midfielder, um, if you if you describe it as anything. So, yeah, I, th- I think that would be a, a good addition for Spurs. And as I said, I think the most important thing about him um, is he'd come and um, you'd hopefully um, bring Premier League experience straight away. And, and that's something that has been so frustrating with yeah. the new signings. Is so important, isn't it? Yeah, so important. Exactly, with, with yeah. how long they've taken to kind of get going. And um, mm. yeah, for, for me, I think that you know, Jose Mourinho wants him, Premier League proven. Um, he feels that holding midfield void. So I, I think it's a signing that, you know, for Spurs, definitely worth one, the one that's worth doing. Yeah, and obviously the player is on the last year of his contract. I mean, Dan, coming around to you as Jamie echoes there, I think the case that, you know, it's a proven Premier League player and we've seen Spurs' recruitment over the last 12 to 18 months, like going with players from a foreign league, the likes of Lacelso, the likes of Undumbele, I even go back to the likes of Aurea. I think, you know, he's a player that, can come in and have an immediate impact and we haven't got to wait a 12 to 18 months for the player to then try and transition to a new league where let's be honest with Mourinho we know Mourinho's appointment it's a two to three year contract at best appointment long to, you know in that in that time frame do you think he's what we need at the moment Dan when you look at this team is that what we're missing in terms of a defensive midfield that just sit there break up play give it to the likes of our attacking flair players that then want to go forward with the ball yeah, totally. Um, I think that's exactly what we need. Um, we have seen in the last three games unchanged players. The first 11 are the ones that are trusted by Mourinho, and we're not using that many players. You have the first 11, then probably plus Dyer, uh, Jedson, um, Bergwijn and Lamella, and then that's it, really. The rest seem to be surplus to requirements. Um, we need some. We need players that can settle in quickly. Um, Obviously, the Lily White Rose line is that Skip should be the one given faith um, to consolidate his, his position. But there is time for that, and it looks like he will go out on loan. Um, we need a player like Holberg, and I keep banging on about it, but the squad depth is going to be vital, and it's where we've fallen short previously. We need competition and depth. It's going to be a gruelling season, especially if we get in the Europa League. Hot on the back of this season, which is... I don't know how there's going to be a maximum 21 days for everyone to recover. Yeah, um, I can see it happening. Um, there's a bit of a battle with Everton, but I think it's pretty clear who the the club he prefers. A few echoes of Sissoko there, uh, which <laughs> do, doing, end- doing an M5, right? well, doing a round, doing a turn at the roundabout around the M5 and coming straight up to Tottenham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So hopefully he makes an eventual similar impact and becoming a really important player to have around the team. Um, and then hopefully it's supplemented by a few other uh, signings. We've already made a, a young signing in Alfie Devine from Wigan. Kim Min-Jay looks relatively likely. And then you're probably looking for a fullback or two. Um, we don't need to go mad, but we need to strengthen. And Holberg's definitely a good way to start. I think there's one thing worth noting that Holberg's agent is actually Zahavi. He's the man that Levy used to broker the deals with Jose Mourinho. And I'd suggest that if you ever want to work with Spurs again during the summer transfer window, that he'll be trying absolutely everything to ensure that he gets that deal over the line. 
it's all about, I mean, what Lee, you've always kind of banged on about, about smart recruitment, you know, identifying players totally. early, bringing the right 100%. profile, the right players in. And again, you know, the thing you said earlier, Lee, about Levy, you know, that, that really resonated with me because, again, you're looking at Southampton now and they're planning to use this kind of Everton's 25 million bid as the benchmark in the negotiations. And you feel like, Lee, if it wasn't Daniel Levy in these negotiations, then the, the, the stance would be a lot different. But I think people forget, we've done a lot of business with Southampton. Pochettino, Hoddle, the late, great Dean Richards, bless him. You know, you look at players that we've always had relationships with. I mean, even Aldevira, Bale, Aldevira, of course. Aldevira, they was on, although Aldevira was on loan, um, Atletico, oh, Atletico Madrid. Wanyama. Southampton, Wanyama, exactly. So you do feel, Lee, that this is not going to be an easy deal to be done just because of the relationship think, between the two clubs. Yeah, I think I, I think it would be a bit more easier than than, than what, what we actually think, to be honest. Again, you know, I, I'm not any inside track whatsoever. You you boys are the transfers and whatever. But what I would say is I called this in January and I can't believe Jamie didn't call me out on it. But I called this in January. I said Holberg should be coming. And the reason why he should be coming is because he's pro, prim, proven Premier League, yeah. which is what all of you boys have just said. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's, he, it's not about just doing the job. He, he wants to do the dirty job. And the dirty job is that Kante role, you know, that Ndidi role. You know, I think that uh, Jamie Weir... Yeah, the Ma- is, is, yeah. Is, is, you know, I think Jamie Weir in the last on the last pod actually brought that up. It's yeah. somebody needs to come and do the dirty work. They never get any credit for it ever. Yeah. You know, that's just how, at the moment Winks is doing that dirty work, we which is why I'm getting any credit. Scotty Parker did that we, for us. He absolutely did, and again, yeah. he, to be fair to him, he got Player of the Season. I think he even won uh, Player Players Player of the Season. I think yeah. that that year. But you know, we need a Holberg. He's 24 years old, as as the guys have just discussed, and he's got you know, he's not only has he played Premier League football and he's improving in Premier League, but he's also played for Bayern Munich as well, uh, and he's and he's won stuff at Bayern Munich back in the day. So you know, the reality is just really good. I mean, I think t- touching on what just Dan said uh, before about you know a couple of signings. You know, and I'm not the transfer person, but you know, in terms of smart recruitment, regardless of what you're going to at me, because not many people at me anyway. But if you want to, it's at Lee McQueen. But but you know, regardless of what you're going to at me and what you're going to say to, oh, that won't happen. Is that we need to go out and buy Danny Ings, right? Hundred percent. He again, he's he's also at Southampton. That might be difficult. And again, he's going to cost more money. But proven proven goal scorer and proven goal scorer. and, and here's the thing, Rick, for, for, for me as well. That not only has he proven Premier League and proven, you know, he's had his injuries, he's, big, he's had his big move to Liverpool. It didn't go very well because of his injuries. He's come back, he's caught himself fit. He's been absolutely outstanding, on fire for Southampton. But the, the thing that, 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 that brings it home to me is that he can play as a number nine in Tottenham and Kane can drop as a number 10, right? And that gives us options. He can play alongside Kane him and Kane in the same side. Or he can fight for Kane's place and Kane can have a rest and so on and so on. I mean, it's an absolute perfect signing. I don't think he gets in the side and starts to stump the, the growth of, uh, of Troy Parrott as well in terms of, you know, like kind of League Cups or, or Europa Leagues. I think he's an absolute perfect signing. It's going to be money, but I think he's a perfect signing. Failing that... You go for somebody like a Callum Wilson from Bournemouth because he's also proven that he can score goals and he become more of a backup striker, which is what everybody's been craving for. And again, Michael Bridge on this very show a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago was talking so passionately about the fact that we failed to get a backup striker. We need to get a backup striker. Bournemouth yeah. are yeah. going down, so you know maybe we get a Callum Wilson. In. Or look, do, do I say you know six or seven weeks ago we talked about Cavani? Go and get him. He's free. 
yep. absolute worldie, like an Ibrahimovic was for Man United, for Jose Mourinho. Go and get him and say, right, this is what we think. That's a striking line. You get Holberg in there, you know, dirty, the filthy work. And then then your right-back options absolutely need a new right-back. No offence to Sergio Rey. It's absolutely have a horrendous week. And fair play, my absolute... Yep. Salute goes out to Sergio of what he's done over the last week or so. But you know, we we need to, we need to get some more stability there. And for me, there's kind of three options. You bring KWP back, and you say let's have some of that because he's a he's one of our own. I don't know why he gets again. He's one of our own fans, listeners. He's one of our own, regardless if you think he's good enough or not. Don't give him a stick. He's one of our own. You know, you know from, from that side of things, you know, a good second half of the season. Or you go out and buy a Max Aaron's, who you could argue is similar to a KWP in the sense of you know he's young, he's and so on and so forth. He's developing, but, you know, he, yeah. is, he needs developing. Mm. Or you go out and get a Ricardo, a Pereira from mm, Leicester, yeah. and, you, and you go and get him because I tell you what, he is he is the real deal, and he is also a proven Premier League player. Another one that's so, through so our fingers. For, that's a shame, but it's it, it, a great exa- player. exactly. And, and yeah. I think you know, people sit there and they say to me, "Oh yeah, we ain't going to get him from Leicester. You know, they're going to be in Champions League, or they're going to be." But why not? You know, why not? We mm. could. We've got Jose Mourinho. We've got Harry Kane. We've got Deli Alley. You know, we've got World Cup. We've got Son. We've got world class players. We've got World Cup winner as our captain. Now, why wouldn't Pereira, um, Ricardo want to come and play for us? Yeah. So I think I think we've got to put some bits out there. And, and just, just on the centre-back side, I mean, I would be happy with them three signings, for example. But just on the centre-back side, you know, if, we, if we go for Kim, outstanding. But what about Thiago? Again, also on a free transfer. Mm. It is classic Jose. You know, he wants winners in the in the side. He wants winners now. And yeah, they're the wrong age and they're, you know, they might stump, stump some growth or whatever. But for the next two seasons, could be an absolute outstanding signing for us. So, so go and get some uh, some some proven players. But for me, Holberg, unless you boys this square again, Jamie, I picked Jamie Weir up on this because he he mentioned this on the last pod about uh, Lerma um, over at Bournemouth because they're going down and he's a he's a excuse my language, but he's a shit house player, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? And I don't think he likes Son and vice versa, but he's a shit house player, probably loving it. In fact, Jose loves him or whatever. But yeah. but again, is 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 he an option? You know, again, a proven player, somebody to come in, do the dirty work. The thing is about CDMs or holding midfield players is they don't get the credit. I remember Nicky Butt all the way back in the day, you know, the Claude Macaleles, whatever. They just sat there, done their jobs, done the business. Well, even Palacios. Even, we had Palacios. Palacios. Lee. He Maybe, was great yeah. for us. He was great for a couple of seasons. He was great. But we, we, but that for me, I know we've got massive issues in fullbacks. I know you're passionate about that, Rick. But yeah. for me, the biggest issue that we've got is holding midfield. Hundred yeah. percent. We've got to go and get that player. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think again, we, we bring about the smart recruitment. If everyone's looking at this Tottenham team, uh, you don't want to uh, get. You know, we know with COVID, the financial issues Spurs have got. You you know that this squad's going to need a lot of improvement in certain areas if it is to really try and compete. You're looking at the fullbacks. You're looking at a CDM. You're looking at another striker. You know, we want Undumbele to hopefully come good. There's a lot in this Tottenham team that needs to be improved, but we are going to save that for some upcoming pods that we've got coming throughout the summer. We've got some great shows coming your way. Next, we're going to go for our final break and we're going to squeeze in, squeeze in a preview of Crystal Palace and taking you into that break, we've got the brilliant Jack returning from the five-year plan Crystal Palace podcast who gives us his thoughts on what Crystal Palace are going to be looking like ahead of the game against Tottenham. The Opposition View Hi, it's Jack from Five Year Plan. Um, Since the last update, uh, we've since been to to Molyneux and, and suffered our seventh straight defeat. Um, 
with a I can best describe it as a non-performance against Wolves. Um, first half we um, we contained them pretty well, but didn't really um, offer much of a threat other than one chance put wide by Jeffrey Schlupp. But as soon as they went one up, um, we may as well have thrown the towel in. We we didn't come out in the second half, and and the biggest uh, the biggest uh, element of our second half performance was was the type of boot that that Wilfred Zaha was gonna going to use having uh, experienced several slipping slips in the uh, in the early part of the second half so uh, another disappointing performance by palace um and, and and some injuries as well pre and during that match uh, which will impact the the likely lineup for this sunday's match so in goal will be uh, vicente Hoita. um you know, the back four will be joel ward um scott dan and likely to be cheku koyate who came on um for mamadou sako against wolves um, and then Tyreek Mitchell uh, will hopefully keep his place at left back um, after performing uh, quite admirably against the the constant threat of Adama Traore uh, in midfield. Uh, against Wolves, we played a four-man midfield, which did surprise me. But I think against Spurs, he might revert to his um, to Hodgson's typical three-man midfield. Um, that midfield uh, may feature Luka Milivojevic, but he did miss out against Wolves, so it's quite possible that he'll miss out again this coming Sunday. Um, if he does, I think the midfield will be James McCarthy at the base of midfield with. Uh, James MacArthur and Jeffrey Schlupp playing slightly further forward, but <clears throat> reverting to quite a, a defensive midfield as and where needed. And then up front will be the um, pretty much the only three players that Hodgson can pick, um, with Wilfred Zaha, Jordan Ayew and Andros Townsend um, starting. Ayew uh, and uh, Ta- uh, sorry, Ayew and Zaha likely to to interchange positions, but to start with, I'd, I'd expect Ayew to play centrally with Wilf and Townsend. Um, coming in from the wing, so we'll see how we go. But the the expectation of most Palace fans is that this will be an eighth straight defeat, um, and not the best way to to end the season. Um, the summer's going to need a lot of uh, of tinkering with the squad. We have started already with the arrival of um, Nathan Ferguson, West Brom's uh, very highly rated defender, who's arrived at Palace um, with a fee to be agreed by a tribunal in the in the summer. But that's a positive start to the summer. Um, but Palace fans are, are very much hoping that that is followed by um, at least three, four, maybe five signings to supplement the squad and add some much-needed um, energy and youth to the squad. So we'll see how we go. There are question marks as to whether uh, Hodgson will remain next season. I think he will. I think it's a dangerous time for Palace to change managers, particularly with this um, rather unusual uh, pre-season that the Premier League is going to have um, with the ex- with the anticipated restart date of um of the 12th of September doesn't leave clubs much time to to move things around, particularly when it comes to managers. So I, I would expect Roy to stay despite this uh, very disappointing end to the season. Um, but for this Sunday, I'm, I'm expecting quite a comfortable Tottenham victory, even more so having watched um, our, our non-performance against Wolves on Monday. So, um, yeah, Wolves look good. So as to whether you'll finish in the top six or no, will, will probably be, depend on, on their performance at Stamford Bridge. Um, but having seen them recently... They are a threat going forward and and do control the game very well um, with Neves and Moutinho midfield. If they do get the ball, they're they're very good at keeping it and and teams do go a fair while um, without getting it back. But I'd expect you to present. Uh, I'd expect them to have a tougher weekend at, uh, at at Stamford Bridge than they had at home to us. So we'll see. That's um I guess uh, a battle for you guys to focus on. But uh, but as for Sunday, you should run out comfortable winners. <laughs> The Opposition View.
Hello and welcome back to the final segment of The Last Word on Spurs here. Hope you have enjoyed the show. We're now looking ahead to Crystal Palace to come, our final game of the season this coming Sunday. God, like I say, it feels like the most longest season. We've got it all to come on Amazon, as I keep referencing. You won't get away from it. We've got it all to come on Amazon. Let's start with you, Jamie, because Spurs, we are on a three-game winning streak in the league. Last beat in Leicester, we're on 58 points in 7th place, which could be a Europa League place if Arsenal fail to win the FA Cup. What do you think we're going to be expecting, Jay, in terms of team news ahead of this game? Firstly, on the game, I mean, it's fantastic to see kind of the form that we have been, especially over the last five games where we are the, the most informed team in the league. Um, and I think that's, you know, huge credit to Jose Mourinho, really. I mean, you know, we've certainly looked, I mean, a, a barring maybe the Bournemouth and Sheffield United game, We've looked so well tactically drilled and as we've established on this show, you know, defensively, that was one of our biggest issues um, this this season and, and, and previously this season. Um, but over the last couple of games, we've certainly looked a, a, a lot better defensively. So that's, you know, that's certainly something that, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to build on. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I think it will be roughly the same sort of side that we, we put up for the last couple of games. I know for the last few games, we've, we've definitely we've kept, continued that continuity of the same side and and that's something that's been really important for us in terms of um or that's means that we certainly haven't had the the luxury of being able to do this season i think if you look at a lot of the top sides previously have won the league the liverpool this year they've had this pretty much the same side each week they've got that settled um you know really really a settled side you know the leicester team when they won the league the chelsea team that beat us the league title they've always had that sort of settled team and and at Spurs this year, that's not something that we've had. But over the last couple of games, we've had that luxury of being able to select the same team. Um, and we've just looked a lot better for it. You know, as I mentioned, we look so well tactically drilled. We all know what we're doing. Um, and that's something that's really benefited us. So, yeah, I mean, obviously Palace in, um, in, in really kind of desperate form at the moment. So, you know, I do feel really confident. I know there's the whole thing about Dr. Tottenham. But look, I think under Jose Mourinho, how well we look defensively, how well we're organised, you know, how well we look going forward at times in terms of those counter-attacks um, that we saw against Leicester. Obviously, we want to see more of that. Um, but look, I'm, I'm definitely confident ahead of this one. You mentioned there, Jay, about Spurs' form. At the moment, we have taken 13 points from the last five fixtures in England's top flight. So it's been a great return. I think, if you look at it, we've got the most impressive return, I think, since the return of football since lockdown. Also, I think the last five games, Spurs are top of the form tables. And been, many will argue, God, does this even have to come to an end? Because the form has been really good. I mean, barring Sheffield United, it has been quite a decent point to return. It does seem at the moment the players are buying into Jose Mourinho's philosophy. And it'll be interesting to see over the summer whether he gets the players he wants to push Spurs on even more. But looking at the other end of the events, coming around to you, Dan, Crystal Palace, they've really stagnated. They've lost their last seven in the league on the bounce. They are safe from the Premier League relegation zone as they sit on 42 points, 11 above the relegation zone. I mean, to be fair, Dan, they've had their feet on the beach for, God, the last kind of six, seven, eight weeks. I mean, it's been a horrendous return for them from a footballing side. Haven't won a game since the re since the restart. And all we're hoping, Dan, of course, is no Dr. Tottenham this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, their season's done. Um, they've lost seven in a row. Um I think Project Restart, as it's called, has, has helped the bigger clubs. Um, you've seen many teams like Palace down to the bare bones. They can't cope games every three days. Um, they're, they're struggling big time. Um, 
they haven't also to add to the pot they haven't scored against us since january 2016 which is four and a half years in the league home and away games and only three goals since they came up in um 2013 of course they've they've beaten us in the fa cup but that goes without saying um i watched the wolves game and they were pretty wretched um and I was on last before the Sheffield United game and was also confident going into that one on the basis of their form. Uh, but I think we're a different proposition Don't remind now. us of that, Dan, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we battered them 4-0 at, um, at White Hart Lane. There didn't seem to be much of a plan there. Um, probably the last time we played well under Poch, actually. Um, and, and yeah, I think there are echoes of the season when we've we finished beating Leicester 6-1, Hull 7-1, peaking, peaking right at the end. Um, it's probably the best we've been all season. Uh, there's usually goal fests as well, so <laughs> I must say I'm pretty confident. It's good to hear you're confident because um, that's not a bad thing to be at the moment as a Spurs fan, is confidence. Lee, coming around to you, we know Roy Hodgson is going to remain without Patrick Van Anholt, James Tompkins, Mamadou Sacco and Gary Cahill. Coyote may deputise for Sacco, though Martin Kelly is also an option. What's your thoughts going into this game? Because you look at Palace's form in comparison to Tottenham, it's chalk and cheese, really. Yeah, I completely agree with the guys. And, and actually, uh, Dan just took the words out of my mouth in terms of echoes of the Hull 6-1 and the, the Leicester or whatever it was and the Leicester 6-1 or whatever. I, I think Kane is going to have an absolute fest <laughs> on Sunday. I think Son's going to get involved. Six I think to win the see... Golden Boot, seven to win the Golden Boot. Can he still do it, Lee? Do you back him? Seven goals? Well, <laughs> well, I did, I did tweet out that, actually. You know, the preserve. The... You know, the, there's not much else you can say about Harry Kane other than the fact that maybe potentially can he get the golden boot this year? I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. 17 goals in an injury ravaged season um, is, is, you know, in the league, sorry, is, is absolutely ridiculous. The guy's on fire. Um, you know, he's, 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 his power, his pace, his number 10, his number 9, he's, he's, he's probably our best defensive header in the side as well at corners and set pieces. Uh, the, guy, the guy's outrageous and he's on absolute fire. So that should that should worry Crystal Palace uh, for, for sure. And, and I think that, like you said, they won, they, they've lost seven straight games. They're on the beach, mate, 100%. They're, they're, lo- they're on the beach more than I am. And I'm in Spain, mate. So, you know, they're on the beach. And um, so I think, I think for, for, for me, I think it's... I think it's it should be. <laughs> I have to say should and can't mm. say guaranteed because it's Tottenham. But you know it, it should be a very very comfortable win. I'm expecting a win, and that's what it comes back down to the Chelsea Wolves game. And you know you, m- you mentioned about my dad and stuff earlier with the Wolves side is that you know Wolves have to win. Yep. In my opinion, Wolves have to win to get sixth because Spurs are definitely going to win. Like, it, it's guaranteed. We turn up, we win. Um, it, it'll be an attacking. Um, forceful game against Palace, and they, they won't be able to handle what I love, the, I love the way Tottenham, you use the so. word attacking, Lee. You're sure about attacking? It will yeah. be attacking, it will be because if you if you look at some of it again, I think Jamie nailed on the head earlier, and you have to appreciate that the, the, some of the some of the, um, the, the, the performances that we've had since the restart have been tactically absolutely outstanding and you know there's there was a lot there's a lot of water under the bridge you know with Poch you know tactically is he right or Harry Redknapp can he tactically just go out there put an arm on the lads go and have a go lads whatever but Jose is very very tactical we think of absolutely everything and him and his team are, are, are working on them tactics and sometimes look sometimes they don't pay off Sheffield United was 
utterly gut-wrenching. Uh, like what Dan said, he, he was confident, so was I. You know, they hadn't won a game and this, that and the other, conceded loads of goals. And, you know, the way we approached the game, we, we didn't turn up, let's be honest, it was gut-wrenching. It reminded me of, do you remember, Rick, was it last season when we when we lost to Watford? We was unbeaten in the league, and yeah, then we yeah, uh, and so then we true. was an unbeaten one. Was up for it. I remember how angry you got off the game. I remember how angry you got off the game. Because because yeah. for me, it's it's an attitude thing. Course, it's a it's a, yeah, it's a it's desire and an attitude yeah. thing. It's not about skill. It's not about talent. It's literally the real bare bones of attitude. And I think that they rocked up thinking they could beat Sheffield United. I think they rocked up thinking, yeah, we're unbeaten, we're going to turn over Watford that, that season and, and it didn't happen. And that, and that doesn't worry you going the same this game, Lee? Does that not worry you going into this game, that attitude? It, it, it would have if we hadn't had the Sheffield United result. But I, I do think that the Sheffield United and Bournemouth result was such a gut-wrenching result to take that, that I think that they won't do that again. And so I'm, so I am confident. I think that's where Jose earns his, is where he's on, was he on Rick? 15 million or whatever. Yeah, I think that's where he, that, that's where he earns it. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that's where he earns his money because he, yeah. I, I keep, and it is a bit of hope as well, more than expectation. And, and don't get me wrong, listeners, right? I am not sitting here happy with the football that we play, right? It is, sometimes it is boring sometimes. I, I'm not I'm not having the criticism against Leicester. I don't care about second half. The game was done in the first half, mate. It was literally we are strolling around, don't even worry about it. So but I'm not having that. But but there's there's a lot of criticism and uh, the way that with the football that we play and, and rightly so it's not it's not fantastic to watch. But he is building the foundation to win. And you have to remember that it is about building the foundation to win. And and, and you've just said it yourself. Right? We've got the best points return against everyone else since the restart. That's unbelievable form. Yeah, and that, that yeah. won't change. That won't change on Sunday, mate. We we win massive win, big well, win. Joe, well, Joe, I want to ask you. Eric Dyer obviously has served his four match ban, but Mourinho, you would argue at the moment, Jay, he might be reluctant to bring him back because at the moment, you know, like you mentioned earlier, stable team. Mm. We're getting clean sheets. What's your thoughts? I mean, you look at it, you know, Spurs considering just two goals in four games in his absence. Would you be yeah. quick to recall him, Jay, or would you just maybe put him on the bench for the game at Crystal Palace? Yeah, yeah. look, I'd, I'd certainly think it's a case you stick with what you've got. Um, as I mentioned, defensively, we've just looked so good. Um, Davinson Sanchez and Toby Aldeval just seem to complement each other very nicely at the moment. Um and, and I don't really see any reason to change. I think with the, it's the case with Eric Dyer. He's got to go and prove himself, as I've mentioned. Um, but, you know, certainly for this game, it's, it's a case of sticking what we've got. because And that's something, you know, Jose Mourinho, we know he, he wants to trust players. He wants to always stick with the players that he has on the pitch. Um, and, and, and I certainly think we'll be seeing that case on, on the weekend. Um, but I think it'll be another interesting partnership to see next season, Alderweireld and Dyer, Because um, obviously I think, you know, It'll be very interesting to see what happens with Dyer because he has had a mixed start. I mean, there was that, you know, I think he, there has been some games where he's looked very good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to kind of see what the what the partnerships will be next year because there's a lot of very good competition there now since that. And Dan, I think, again, the argument may be that, like Jamie says there, team's playing well. Do you change it? Is there any reason to kind of change a winning team at the moment? What's your thoughts in terms of making changes for Sunday's game? Would you leave it as it is? Yeah, I'd leave it as it is. I mean, it's a team that's the same team's played three games in a row and they've won three and they've now had a week off as well. So uh, I guess the only thing you might change slightly is 
all things, all, should it all be going well, is to bring on Vertonghen. Well, I'm, 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 I'm so glad Dan, you brought him up because obviously Vertonghen, you would hope, Dan, is it for you? You just like him to get some kind of a run out because if it is his last game for us, I think it's so sad that he's leaving in these circumstances with no supporters in the ground. He's one of the very few players, maybe you'd argue that he deserved to win something for what he's done for us at the club all the effort you know staying here we're arguably again you make the opinion that he could have left us you know where we wasn't doing very well when you remember the kind of Sherwood AVB era he stuck by us didn't he Dan yeah I think um yeah he's probably going to end up being quite emblematic of the era really um he's had a glittering career um Belgium's most experienced uh, or cap holder um, but he does fit into that category, which I think we have with Hugo and Toby as well, of a very experienced player that doesn't quite translate to natural leadership quality on the pitch. And it's probably no coincidence that despite being so long serving, we haven't indeed won won anything while he's whilst he's been here. And yeah, it's very it's a sad way for him to go. Contract running down, not being renewed by the club. I think he definitely would want to stay and then no fans able to see him off. So Hopefully we can bring him on with, I don't know, 10 minutes to go wherever wherever he can play, even if it's on the left or something like that. Do you back the decision, Dad, in terms of not giving him a new contract? Do you think now is the right time to let Jan go? I think so. Um, we were talking about the centre-back options earlier. I think it's been quite a quick decline with Vertonghen, which came as a bit of a surprise. We saw how good he was in the Dortmund game at Wembley last season. Uh, which is probably the last time he really sparkled, glimpses sense, I suppose, with the last-minute goal against Wolves. But I think when he's played, um, it's coincided with uh, pretty poor defensive performances and being so wide open at the back. And being, it's been so pretty scary to watch us this season. And he has been part of that. So I suppose you'd have to justify it in a non-sentimental way. But as I said, it will be very sad. He's been a great servant. It will be. Just to quickly get Lee and Jamie's thoughts on the tongue before we do the predictions, our final predictions of our final game of the season. Lee, coming around to you, I think when we saw Pochettino bench Jan in the very early games, many people questioned Pochettino, say, what are you doing? He's one of our best defenders at the club and he's on the bench. And, you know, you fast forward seven, eight months later, it looks like the club aren't going to offer Jan a new deal. Are you surprised that Dan says there just how quickly he has declined, Lee? Yeah, it's interesting hearing Dan say, say that actually, mate. Because um, you know, I do agree that he's he's declined. It seems horrible talking about him declining because I, I mean, I, I love him. I think he's absolutely outstanding. Coming from when we bought him for nine million quid from by Leverkusen all them years ago, um, and he's been an absolute. Uh, I'd say I'd go as far as say a bit of a legend. You know, he stuck for us through the, the bad times. He could have gone. He could have gone and got a big, big move. I remember. Um, I remember probably four or five years ago um, when they're talking about him going to you know to some massive teams at the time. We weren't even in the top four, so he, he could. He didn't. He stayed. Um, and and I'm going to use the word only, but he is only 33. Like I, I know. I know that you know. As as somebody's older than thirty three, I think that's young. Do you get me? But but you know, in football in, in football in terms as a centre back, that's not that old. Like he, you know, you could say that he's probably got a couple of years left in him. You know, typically centre backs probably don't go until what thirty six, maybe. I mean, look at Cristiano Ronaldo for 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 um, for crying out loud. You know, scoring goals at the top of the pitch, completely different position, and he's thirty eight. 
you know, and, and you look at you look at people like Ibrahimovic or whatever, he's 38, 39, whatnot. So, you know, he, he, he's relative, not, he's definitely in his twilight years, but I don't think he's, he, he shouldn't be finished at 33. But I do agree with Dan that the, 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 the drop off in performances has, has been for, for, for everybody to see. I think it was a pace thing. I think he dropped yeah. a yard, a yard and a half of pace quite quickly. Um, I'd love to see him get on. Um, you know, if I was in charge, which, Got you know, th- thank God for all the listeners listening. I'm not, but if I was in charge, I'd probably start him uh, because I'm a sentimental old uh, 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 old softy, really. Uh, and probably under Pochettino, he probably would. But knowing Jose, he ain't soft, and he he's all about winning and getting a clean sheet and getting three points. So he probably won't start him. But I hope he gets a run out. And uh, 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 all I want to say about Jan Vertonghen is he, he is Tottenham Hotspur Superman, and you know for, forever will be in our memories, he's given us some fantastic performances and a brilliant servant for the club and I uh, wish him all the best. Fantastic. Jamie, come around to you. Thoughts on Vertonghen and can we start the predictions off? Let's get your thoughts on Vertonghen. It's going to be very sad that he's, you know, his, his long time at the club's going to um, end in the circumstances it has. Um, but I, unfortunately, it is the right decision. I think this year we've seen a lot of occasions. I think it was a couple of times in the FA Cup um, when he just didn't, he just wasn't quite the same player. I think that that pace has been a big factor. You know, in England, the pace is so quick. It's you know such high intensity, and I just feel as though you know he's not quite able to keep up with that level. So yes, I do think it's the right decision. But look, so many fantastic memories of of Yamatong, and I think that one that really does stick out for me would would be that Dortmund game. Um, you know, obviously it was a surprise that he was included as a left wing back, but you know he was absolutely fantastic on that night getting. Um, I think you got a goal and an assist. Um, so yeah, fantastic. Yeah, really, really fantastic servant. Um, and well, certainly for the result on Sunday, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a big win. I do think that Spurs will win four nil. Four nil from Jamie. What a way that would be to finish the season of Jose Mourinho. Four nil. Let's go round to you, Dan. What are you going for Sunday? Uh, I'll go three nil again. Um, hopefully another clean sheet. Yeah, I'm liking um, his trend at the moment. Clean sheets keep coming. The season's been so long. It's my yeah. dad's birthday on Sunday. Oh, he said the last, the last time there was a meaningful game yes. on, on his birthday was the England World Cup semi-final in 66. Oh, blind so, God, uh, that is crazy. That is crazy, isn't it? The boys win for him. Fingers crossed. You know what I'm loving at the moment? The, the high scoring at the moment. People say about negative football under Jose Mourinho. We've gone for a 4-0, gone for a 3-0. I'm going to go for a 3-0 Spurs. Lee? Casting vote with you. What we, what we're going to have on the last word on Spurs? Last last word with you. Oh, I can't believe we've got a casting vote, and I can't believe I'm also going to go for a biggie. We're definitely going to keep a clean sheet. It's going to be attacking football. We're going to have 68 percent possession, and we're going to win four nil. And I actually think Kane will get to the 20 goals. I think he scored a hat trick on the weekend. There you go. Look at that. Not bad at all, is it? Negative Mourinho football. We're all predicting big wins. We're all predicting clean sheets. What is going on? How this season has come to an end and what it's doing to us. Shame we couldn't extend it for the next five, six weeks. Although I think after watching Amazon, I think we all need the break. Been brilliant to have Lee McQueen back on the show. Lee joining me for our final show of the season. I say final show. We're back throughout the summer here, but be a massive show coming your way Monday. Just got to make it clear. Monday, Lee McQueen is back on with me for Monday, Lee. Looking forward to it, of course. Can I wait, mate? Yeah, looking forward to it. We've got some amazing, two amazing guests joining us. So, yep. uh, 
some real in the know people. So I uh, can't wait, mate. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you coming back on, Lee. Absolute pleasure. Dan from Lily White Rose. Dan, of course, I've got to just say, if you don't follow the Lily White Rose account, this is the account keeping you updated with all the youth players at Tottenham, what the future holds, whether they be going out on loan, the likes of KWP. Dan, it's the place to follow, isn't it? Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, we do our best. We try our best. Um, we we we've got quite a few ins at the club. We know we know what's happening with the youth players, um, and hopefully we can remain as confident as we are with the pleasing performances of late. Yep. And if Dan and John and the team at Lily White Rose are your men for the youth, then Jamie from the Daily Hotspur is definitely your man for the transfer news on Tottenham. And we're hoping Jamie's got a very big summer ahead of him. Daily underscore Hotspur. Go and follow Jamie for all the latest news on Tottenham. The transfer stories, Kim Min-Jay, Holberg. Jamie, you're going to be telling us all about him. They're coming, aren't they, Jay? Fingers crossed they're coming. Yeah, well, yeah, there certainly needs to be coming. You know, obviously, after the season that we've had, I mean, it's been such a long season. I mean, there's been a lot of difficult shows. I mean, there's certainly been some highs as well. You know, there's certainly been some positive moments. So, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a strange one, as I said at the start of the show. Um, you know, we're in such good form now. Um, you, don't, you don't really want it to finish. But yeah, look, hopefully an exciting summer for Spurs in terms of who we might try and get in. So yeah, it's certainly going to be very interesting to see what happens over the summer. Yeah, lots to focus on, lots to keep an eye on. Keep making sure you check out Last Word on Spurs. We've got some massive shows coming your way. As always, thank you for your incredible support throughout the season. Back on Monday, as always, come on you Spurs! Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.